Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to another Fragments of Silicon Review. Um, this week, well, we were originally supposed to do two reviews, um, but one of them got delayed because, well... Adam had irreconcilable interface differences with one of the games. Uh, yeah, uh, the, well, yeah, the second game of Mega Magic, um, I can't play because I am left-handed, and right now Mega Magic doesn't allow for key bindings. I'm like... That alone would get that game roasted, but I've been assured that that this is going to be fixed in any future updates. Whether that update is out before we actually do a review or not is another story entirely. Well, I initially delayed the game two weeks, but since it's out of its release week, I, I informed the dev of this. I, I informed the fund that we were going to delay it two weeks. I haven't heard back from them. And I don't know when they are going to update uh, Mega Magic with this update. So right now it's been delayed about a month of looking at the schedule. Like, it's at the 20 seconds. You know? And I'll try to play it before then in case we it takes way too long, obviously. But, yeah. Right. Well, it's like, also, it kind of had to be delayed further because um, two weeks from now, we're going to be pretty busy. We got two... That's a two-interview week. Now, mm-hmm. and having that on top of doing two games might be a little much. Mm-hmm. So, I decided to scale it back. Like, And if Beautifun has a concern about that, they haven't voiced it. Well, I haven't told them about the, the most recent delay, but, eh. Like, we're not paid for these, so whatever. Yeah, it's like, I already got the game. Uh, I said I'd review it, but I'm like, I also said, like, I also said that the game is unplayable. And I'm like, they... Yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm sure they'd rather have a late review than a really negative one. Yeah, I, I thought I told them, I'm left-handed, so I can't use WASD. The way I have everything set up here, it, like, it's too, like, WASD is too close to my other hand for it to be comfortable. Like, I have to have it on the arrow keys because other, you know, that's the right amount of distance. There's a reason why you don't use arrow keys if you're right-handed. You use, that's why WASD exists in the first place. And like, and for a PC game not to have custom controls at this point, that is, that is a really egregious error. 
I'll say that like I, the only time that should really be anywhere near is if it's a bad console port. Well, it shouldn't even be that. But I'm like, like the only time you can get away with it is if you're doing a game like our, this week's review, The Last Door Season Two. The reason being, it's an adventure game, and it's, it's completely mouse driven. Yeah, its controls are literally point and click. You know, you don't need it's like you don't need a. Um, you don't need a keyboard to play this game. No. So, hell, you can play it on a tablet. In fact, I believe The Last Star Season 2 is on uh, iOS and Android as well. I can look. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, getting more into the, you know, this game, The Last Door, um... Do we want to start with the first season, or just talk about season two? No, we we do have to talk about season one. Now, all so right. what were the previous doors? Like, well, first of all, we've covered the last door on the show this season. If you remember, we interviewed the developer, the Game Kitchen, just a few months ago. Now, um, you know, it was one of our uh, Tuesday uh, reviews, mm-hmm. like, and yeah. We you know um, we got an early version of the game that was on Steam. Like the game has been in the game had been in early access on Steam for a matter of months now, and that what that translated to in the terms of the last door was the first episode was available. And if you picked up the last door during that period, you would get the entire series for like um, seven ninety nine or something like that. I don't recall the exact pricing. I'm sure it's just early adopter bonus. Yeah, I'm sure it's in the original uh, interview with the Game Kitchen. But uh, uh, one second, the last door is on mobile devices, and there's also a physical disc version coming soon-ish. That's what I thought. Physical disc for PC or physical disc for well, this um, PC. It's not going to be a physical disc for mobile. No, but it could be on consoles. Um, right now, there is not a console version just on their website. If you not saying they couldn't make one, but if, right now, one's not been announced. There's no physical releases for mobile. Then why the hell did I get this hey, CD hey, add-on for my guys? Phone? Guys, I have something to say. Mm-hmm. That is, if you remember our interview, the devs themselves said that the console port wasn't really looking likely because well, this game didn't do too well. Uh, you know, it's like, and the, also the first season can't be transferred to console devices because that was main flash. Now, so yeah, it. I would not expect the last door to ever hit consoles, but you know, I can't say that for certain. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so what is the series itself? Uh, well, the last door is a episodic point and click adventure game, uh, as you'd expect from publisher Phoenix Online. Uh, they're, they're a publisher we've, we've had a really good relationship over the, uh, over the years. They were one of the first devs on our, on the standalone Fragments of Silicon show, and you know, while we haven't interviewed them properly since, I think, that time, we've showcased a great number of their games. In fact, you know, we are, this is actually the first of two games we're going to be showcasing in two weeks. More on that later. You know, um, anyway, uh, 
the last door is a how to put this. It's a it's a very Victorian horror game series. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess it's some in a nutshell. Or if you wanted to move it to the 20th century, I, I could also see. Um, uh, oh God, I, I just had the name and I lost it. Um, C- Cthulhu. Lovecraftian. Lovecraft. Yeah, H.P. Lovecraft. Can't believe yeah, it. that's actually one of the tags it has on its Steam page is Lovecraftian. Yeah, I would say it's a mixture of Lovecraftian horror and Edgar Allan Poe horror. Mm-hmm. Like, there won't be a whole lot of jump scares in this game, like some games in this genre do. Yeah. Well, it's also... It does have its jump scares, but it's also worth noting the, that this is, a, this is kind of a demake, if that's the proper word to use. Or it's, you know, it's yet another game being done in the retro style. I know they they weren't, you know, they wanted to make the lowest res game, if I recall the interview. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this game looks like an early adventure game. Like, it looks like something you would be playing on on an IBM compatible in 1984. Or hell, 1981. It looks... It looks like the the really old King's Quest games, basically. So what does that mean? Well, that means that the graphics are very, very, very stylized in this case. So, and that kind of that kind of leads to having to do horror in a different way. Yeah, because jump, jump scares don't look that good in pixel art. Uh, tell that to the Scissor Man. Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, actually, the, the, there are some jump scare moments in this game, especially in the, the second season. Mm. You know. uh, and as for why we're not reviewing the first season, that's because it's actually about ooh, three, year, three or four years old now. Mm-hmm. Like... I think you can actually play it free on the website now. Yeah, at least the first episode. Well, well it was a Flash project, so it's not surprising that it's mm-hmm. playable in the browser. If nothing else, Flash is known for many things, but being particularly secure isn't one of them. Well, among other things. But Flash is also kind of a dying... Um, I'm not saying art form, but... It's definitely yeah, you- a less popular format. Yeah, well... Yeah, you can play the first episode for free, and then for, like, less than one euro each, you can get the other four episodes, or, yeah, the other episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the entire... I think the entire... Bu- we'll go over prices later, but, you know, it's... Uh... You know, it's not a very, it's not a very expensive series. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the graphics are really low res. In fact, the, one of the op, like the only graphic options on the Last Door Season Two is the lowest res ever. Mm-hmm. For saying that was a bug in there, I was oh wait a minute. Yeah, they're being uh, yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, 
you know, because is it in fact visually about the whatever 240 by 3 whatever 320 or whatever it is? Um, like I think it's larger because I'm like, you know, it's full screen. Yeah, you can actually get a 1080 option in the launcher. Yeah, it's just you know the resolution isn't going to matter much because it's very basic pixel art. Oh yeah, I mean I mean the the style wise. Yeah. One good thing about basic pixel art is they can scale it like that. Yes. Yeah, because you can if, if the default size of the image yeah. or the parts of the image is one pixel, you can always double it or triple it. Well, it's a little bit weird when you try to do it by point fives, but still works. Well, it's like the thing about a lot of sprite-based stuff is you can't really change resolution. Yeah, here we go. The yeah, the interview was uh, with the Game Kitchen was on February second, so. We're, yeah, we're reviewing this game two and a half months out because, well, it only recently hit Steam in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, the final and, version. Yeah, you know, and that was the thing. The game is the game was actually finishing up back in February. The thing is, and you know, honestly, I think one of the mistakes they made in the marketing or what have you with the uh, with the last store was. The game was initially available only on their website. Like, you know, they were building the complete episodes for the Game Kitchen website, and then it was hitting other platforms. You know, yeah, which is slightly problematic in terms of audience, if nothing else. Yeah. You know, and as for other reasons why this game might not have done as well as they wanted to, it's well, no. I'm not sure how how into like a retro graphical adventure people would be. That you know that looks like an old Sierra game and not an old LucasArts game. Uh, I'm sure there are a myriad of other reasons. I think we covered some in the uh, interview. You'll have to forgive me if the information about some of the information about the last store is fuzzy from our interview, but that was about two two and a half months ago. And I'm like, we go through a lot of stuff every week. I, you know, I suppose, you know, and I didn't have the opportunity to go back and listen to that interview because, well, you know, we are, like, focusing on many different things in a given week. I do apologize about that. Yeah. It's just, you know. Anyway, so getting back to the graphics... So, considering this game looks like something you'd be playing on a PC Junior or a Candy Compatible, um, you know, horror as it's done today, I'm not isn't feasible because there were definitely some jump scares in season two. Mm. But you know, you can't really operate on that, so it does it in more of a storytelling fashion, and. Probably my favorite aspect of this game is the sound design. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's good because we don't talk about sound design on the show much. But I'm like, the sound design in both seasons was just very on point. Because that's actually the... That's actually the... That's it's actually, surprisingly important to being scary is having the right sounds. Yes. Well, it's like... What's doing the heavy lifting in, in terms of building tension and 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 terror mm-hmm. is the text 
you know, it's basically playing out like a like a novel or you know, it's something you would read because you know back in the day you had to use your imagination more than you do now. God, that's a novel concept nowadays. I know, and like that may be another reason why this game didn't do so well because you know you you really it's so abstract in most cases that you really do have to you use your mind to build things. You do get visual representations, but they look very, well, like a bunch of pixels. So, Mm -hmm. like, but like I said, you know, the text builds the tension, but, like, the sound and the music is just on point the whole way through. You know, yeah. Like, they won't have, like, rock music blaring in your ear. No, it, it's more classical Victorian era mu- music. Yeah, and I can't think of anything that was out of place music-wise. You know, mm-hmm. even the, like the most out of place was probably the the opening music, but that was going over a title sequence and stuff. That was mm-hmm. that was more like thrill, uh, you know, um, thriller music. Kind of but I'm like, it still fit w- where it was. Yeah. And hell, a lot of places don't have music. Like, like... Like a lot of places in the house in season two, in episode two, mm-hmm. there wasn't a whole lot of music. Yeah, there's a whole lot of places where there's just subtle sounds. Like, that, that was my favorite part. Like, you heard your footsteps creaking as you walked across the house. Or, or like, the noises of people in a bar... Yeah, or you hear, like, how one, like, I think episode three opens up. You just hear your, the protagonist um, panting because he's running in the dark. You just hear him in the dark, and it fills your mind's eye. Like, or you hear the subtle crunching of snow when you're in a snowy area. Like, like is it, you know, top-notch for the sound uh, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... With that in mind, I suppose we should talk about the story of The Last Story. So, um... Some old rich family did some stuff they really probably shouldn't have done. (laughs) About that. No, actually, it's more expanded than that. It's certainly not a family. Mm -hmm. It's more of a society. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. And... It's actually a lot of stuff is going on here, but... Alright, um, the plot, you know, Wikipedia puts it like this. The plot revolves around four childhood friends, which the player controls, in the first season, Jeremiah uh, Divot. And that's one of the key differences from season one to season two. Uh, Jeremiah Divot is uh, your player character in season one. Um, In season two, you're playing as his psychiatrist, Dr. Wakefield. Mm-hmm. Now, anyway, so what you're trying, you know, what the goal of Jeremiah is, is he's, a, you know, um, very briefly in season one, a, a good friend of his, Anthony Beachwood, commits suicide. And, and not that, long before he shows up at his house. Yeah. And that triggers a whole series of events that leads to Jeremiah looking for this place called 
the veil. Mm-hmm. Now, well, didn't it, um, Jeremiah have amnesia at one point? Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's an amnesiac in the first season. Yeah. And and then he's in therapy for absolutely, totally, I swear, unrelated reasons. Well, getting more into that would be a whole lot of spoilers. So mm-hmm. try to we're trying to keep away from those. Oh no, I'm sure. Yeah. As far as the veil goes, well, that that's where the Lovecraftian part comes in. Yeah. I'm like where the Poe horror comes from is well, ravens. There are a lot of ravens. In this game. Oh God. If I played a drinking game with all those ravens, I'd be dead. Even yeah. if I was just drinking water. In fact, the logo for the season uh, for Last Door Season Two has a raven in it. You know, or maybe well, just it's a, the logo for the entire series. Yeah, or maybe it's a crow, but it, you know, it's still a, you know, it's still the raven. You know. Yeah. Quote yeah. the raven. I wouldn't go in there if I were you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very articulate raven. Props for you, Raven. Uh-huh. And then it claws out your eyes. Mm-hmm. That's my joke. Back on the review. <laughs> Indeed. Right, so... Um, in, at the end of Season 1, um, Jeremiah crosses over to the veil. And, that, and therefore... Your perspective switches to Dr. Wakefield because, well, now he is looking for his um, patient who he thinks bad things have happened to. And Mm. not wrong. (laughs) No, no, he's not. They're just weirder bad things. Yeah, I don't like how you said he's not wrong. (laughs) That makes it seem as if terrible things have happened to the poor man. Well, (laughs) or woman, I don't know. No, man. There, okay. uh, there's not a lot of female characters, let's just say. Yeah. You know, um... Insert Lovecraft joke. Yeah. Like... <laughs> like, in terms of, like, visuals and sound and all that, they're pretty uniform across the two seasons. It's just, well, uh, season two is on Unity, and season one is in Flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if they wanted to bring season two to consoles, they could do it a lot easier than uh, season one. Because I don't think the interest is there. No. Yeah, to port season one to Unity, then to a console. Mm-hmm. Not I, that that would necessarily be a bad idea to start with, but yeah, it would definitely be expensive and time-consuming. Well, you'd also lose a lot just throwing season two on the console. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, season two does it certainly does the the escalation. It's a lot bigger than season one, mm-hmm. and this time you actually have a map, or you know you, you can move to different locations. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, puzzles. So, how do puzzles play out? Well, in both seasons. I guess this is sort of turning into a review of both seasons because they're pretty similar, which yeah. makes sense because you know they want to keep consistency, which is really important for a series like this. But I'm like, puzzles are um, pretty simple for the most part. Like they're they're of the com- 
uh, use item on thing variety. Like, for use the most- item A on obvious spot B. Uh, yeah, or you you know combine item X with item Y. You know, like I would say the puzzles for the most part are about the least interesting thing about the game. There, mm-hmm. you know, there are some puzzles that are a bit more inspired, like uh, the piano puzzle of of the last episode is well, you know, you have. To, it's still a common puzzle. Like you have to find the sheet music and play the right, right notes. That's an, you know, the, you know, hell, that that's kind of popular in silent uh, in um, survival horror. Like because I think both Resident Evil and Silent Hill pull that puzzle off. Uh, and yeah, I I'll be honest. I think you know. I think this game might have might have been better if it had dropped puzzles entirely because honestly for the most part they just felt so token like there are uh, mind you there are some puzzles that will challenge you but I could but I'm like the scale of these games especially season one is so small that you're not going to get stuck all that often no It'll, it can happen, but that's that's maybe more to, well, something I, I've seen in every adventure game ever. Sometimes they don't give you the proper direction. So, uh, you, you hit that, well, what do I do now? And you just try random things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's more... God damn it, I rubbed this piece of chalk I picked up in the second room against every, every conceivable object. Oh, that, you were supposed to feed it to a gargoyle. Yeah. Yeah, it, nothing that bad. It's just you know some things aren't obvious. Mm-hmm. Now, but I'm like considering where like anyway. The point is, unlike some other games we've featured or talked about this season, either an interview or review, and we've covered a lot of puzzle games this season. Uh, not a puzzle. We've covered a lot of adventure games. This has kind of been a season of adventure games. I'd also throw, like, visual novels in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and we got another one coming up in a few weeks. So, like... Spoilers, Adam. I'm kidding. Well, yeah. Well, like I said, this game isn't going to amaze with its design. It's perfectly ad- adequate um, hybridization of modern and classic uh, point-and-click adventure games. Like, it harkens back to the old days of 80s adventure games, but it doesn't have all the baggage of those. Like, you don't have to type things on a parser. You don't have, you don't have to deal with the, intention, the intentionally cruel game design. Like, there's no way you're going to get stuck. No. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, that's why there's really no reason to have a save. Although that does kind of, that did kind of grate on me on the end, because, well, not to give things away, um, the end of the series has a choice to be made. Yeah, it's one of those. You have to make a choice, and the choice you make um, affects affects the ending you get. I chose one ending... And I didn't have enough time to do the other one because 
because I couldn't say, I couldn't go back and do the other ending. Did you pick the good ending or the bad ending? That's the thing. I'm not sure if it was a good ending or a bad ending. Oh, wait. This is Lovecraft. Did you pick the bad ending or the worse ending? <laughs> like I said, it's not... It, it's not Lovecraft. I know. I, I know. It's Lovecraft-esque, but, you know, I saved the world. Basically. At least I think I did. It, it's just, you know, in saving the world, I kind of consigned some people to um, an eternity in the veil, let's say. Ah, <laughs> oh, they'll be fine. I, I suppose. Like, yeah, they'll be perfectly fine. I mean, who doesn't enjoy a vacation in the deep darkness every once in a while? Yeah. I'm like, but... <laughs> I'm not saying that they're undeserving, because, you know... I'll admit, I, I kind of lost the thread of what what was actually going on there, because it gets really kind of surreally at the last episode. Like, th- there are some mindfuck moments. Like the end of the end of episode three was pretty wow. Or and even episode two that 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 was actually really that was that was really effectively scary. Like. Mm. like Anyway, so I suppose we should talk about the episodes. Um, yeah, so... Might be helpful. Yeah. We refer to them as episodes because, surprise, surprise, this is an episodic series. I know, stop me if you've heard of an episodic adventure game series before. Wait, you mean there are adventure game series that aren't episodic? They, They do occasionally happen in the medium, but I'm like, adventure game series being based on episodes is fairly common these days. And yeah, the this is, you know, this is one of those. Indeed, uh, I, we kind of touched upon it before, but yeah, the, the game was, both seasons were like seasons. You know, each episode came out every couple of months. And um, going back to the interview, I recall that they were, they had some development problems, like with uh, some of the season one episodes. Like I think uh, episode three was, an issue in episode four, like they they kept falling behind. You know, it's like, and uh, this time, well, they opted for less episodes, but I think more per episode. Kind of reminds me of what happened with um, Sam and Max seasons one and two. If anyone else here has played those, actually, season two has, um, I think, one extra episode, because they're kind of the interlude between as a separate. Not... Well, there is an extra thing in it, but, um, the... It's not an episode. Yeah, but here's the thing. The the collector's edition of season one uh, had an interlude for every episode. That's kind of what was added to that Mm. version of it. Like, the initial... As I understand it, the initial version of season one only had the uh, each episode released. Yeah, uh-huh. more content was added to season one. Season two has um, an extra short that comes into play, like at the very end. I-, I won't spoil anything, also because I don't think I could spoil it because I'm like, one- once again, this game gets oblique at points. Yeah, without context, it isn't really a spoiler. Yeah, but whatever, you know. Well, it's also. 
when you're basing yourself on, you know, Lovecraft and uh, Poe and all that stuff, things are not going to, you know, things are not going to make sense, strictly speaking. I mean, we're not talking full-on insanity, but, like, there's a lot going on at the end, and, like I said... And some of it runs on rule of creepy. Not not so much that, but I'm like, you're not sure what's real and what's not at that point. Uh, I, I, I'm not exactly, you know... At, like, at the, to, for a little bit in season one, there's a point where a certain thing happens, mm-hmm. and then when it's mentioned season two, you're not sure if the events after that point were real or not. Yeah, I will, like... You're not sure what's real and what's not until, like, I would say the very end. At least the ending I got. And I'm not going to say one way or another, you know, because, once again, we're trying not to spoil. Anyway, as far as the episodes go, um, season two had four episodes. They were released about two months apart. But, like I said, if you had the Steam version, um, it was doled out just episode one. And then they basically dumped the rest of it on Steam at a later date. Now, I, I'm not—I'm honestly not sure if that was the proper way to handle it. But uh, yeah, like the Steam is just the season bundles. You can't get separate episodes. Yeah, not. Yeah, it's like I'm not. Sh- I don't think either one came. Uh, but yeah. I like like I do know that the season two was um, being was released over a course of like about six months or uh oh no season two like actually season well actually longer longer that yeah season two episode one the playwright was released October thirty first two thousand fourteen I think that is one of the things that, that really uh, kind of sunk. Last door, its release schedule because, uh, and I remember them mentioning that they said they bit off more than they could chew with this series, and mm. things got delayed. Like, like going back to season one, the first two episodes are like uh, March fifteenth, June twenty fifth, then October, then nineteenth, uh, two thousand thirteen, then February. I, uh, each episode of season two had a re- release date like this, like months in between episodes. And generally, that's not a good... You know, that that's kind of your downfall of uh, episodic gaming. Like, yeah, it makes mm-hmm. it a lot harder to maintain interest in a thing if... Well, what's kind of bad is these are... Even even though season two is a little bit longer, it's not long enough to justify, you know, somebody playing it for months waiting for the um, next episode. Yeah, because... If, like, you can blaze through these episodes pretty damn quickly. If you, if um, about 40 minutes for yeah. season two is what my walkthroughs were like, looking like. Yeah, I'm like, well, if you're... It's longer if you don't use a walkthrough, but I'm like, nothing here is pretty long. Like, they're pretty short even for episodic. Like, like yeah, I would say about one to two hours at most if you're playing blind, whereas the... I would say the average I've experienced with episodic games is usually about two to three hours. So, but here's the thing: you don't have to worry about the episodic structure here 
in terms of uh, in terms of releases because both seasons are available in their full packages with all the content now. And so that gets to pricing. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to include the last door season one in this because you really do have to play the first season to play the second season. Right. Or you will have no idea what's happening. Yeah. This, this isn't. You can do one without the other. And I can give you a little bit of backstory at the start of season two, but it's not enough. Yeah. And I just would not recommend playing. You know. Anyway, so the la- both season of the last door uh, cost nine ninety nine right now. I'm like, when we were doing the interview, they were actually on sale. You know, um, like the last store season one was uh, like four ninety nine, mm-hmm. and last store season two was uh, seven ninety nine. So, and you also you can also get the last store season two soundtrack. Yeah, if you buy the bundle, you get it free. Yeah, as far as the soundtrack goes, I could see listening to this outside the game, but I'm like, I think it's one of those things that's probably best to be listening to while you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. But, like, but I won't, I will, you know, I, I, oh, I, go ahead. I won't say it was one of those game, one of those soundtracks that I had a hard time remembering. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was pretty memorable, but that's because the soundtrack is actually working hand-in-hand with the game. Yeah. Something that needs to happen more often, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially in this type of genre. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so as far as pricing goes, uh, I'd say the last, you know, um, buying both may be a bit of a stretch, but I'm like, I think the last, both seasons of The Last Stores are priced pretty appropriately if you're getting, like, the PC version. I'm imagining that the, as I'm recalling, I think the last door pricing on mobile is a bit different, because um, I was actually just looking at that one moment. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm not looking at the mobile stuff. So, Petty Fan, inform them how the mobile pricing structure works, because okay, for the Flash versions, because mm-hmm. that's what came up first. Um, season one, you can get. The complete pack on the store for um, five euros. Yeah, that's t- this is um, EU pricing. Yeah. And um, season two is ten euros, and it comes with the soundtrack as well. Interesting. So they're not doing um, episodic rights on the. Uh... Well, you can get them episodically, but yeah. you also. If you just buy the whole thing, yeah, and I think you can get them episodically on the uh, on the game door uh, on the game kitchen's um, website, but I wouldn't recommend getting that. I, I just recommend getting the bundles that are on Steam. You know, they're... Um, Google Play is saying that it is the in-store in-app purchases are four dollars per item. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's an average or if each episode is costing four dollars. Each episode is costing four dollars. No, like I will say right now, get the PC version. Like ten dollars for the whole package. Like ten dollars is good, but you might also want to wait for a sale. 
like you know buying this uh, buying like the season one at five dollars and this at seven what you know yeah. was optimal five dollars would be a good um yeah. price for season one but i think season two with as much more content as it has it's all right at 10 yeah i'd agree with that like you know I, I, yeah i i think yeah the last door season one is a bit too expensive at uh, especially for its age like um but you know you can i won't say it's inappropriate pricing either it's looking like if you buy it on the Windows 10 store, it's just saying it's $3 for the collector's edition. I don't know if that's just season one or if it's all of it. I'd have to buy it and see, and no thank you, I already own it. Well, it's also, I'm like, that's buying it on the Windows 10 store. I well, would... I mean, for someone who wants to get it cheaply. I mean, Windows 10 is free. Oh, right. Oh, oh you're talking... I'm thinking of Windows Mobile. I'm thinking of the old Windows Mobile Store. You know, no, Windows 10 has its own app store. Well, on the Windows 10, uh, I, is that a uh, universal app? Um, yes, it is PC and mobile. So yeah. if you buy it on the Windows Store, you could also play it on a Windows Mobile device if you have. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I would say it's priced appropriately. You know, it, it, it's like... And so we go to, you know, final thoughts. I would give the game, the game series, an, a 7 to an 8. Now, um, it's like, I, this is actually one of, this is one of, one of the adventure games I've really enjoyed this year. Now, both seasons, because, you know, I played the last Star season one in prep for the interview. And yeah. played season two in prep for this, you know. Uh, you know, it's a bit simple in its mechanics, but, you know, I like the art style because, you know, while the pixel art 8-bit style is a bit played out in certain genres, looking at you, 2D platformers, you know, <laughs> um, but as an adventure game, it feels very fresh because I really, you know, it's like I can't... I can't say that I can't think of a game that's like this, but, you know, because, like, I've played a, an adventure game that harkens back to the old days in Order of Thorn, but that was more a- aping the Sierra games of the 1990s. This is aping the Sierra games of the 1980s. You know, and that's actually a pretty fresh take on things, um, stylistically speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing is the episode, you know, the whole thing is on the... Sh- uh, is rather on the short side, so um, I, I and I would recommend just playing through the game blindly. You know, we use walkthroughs because you know we're on a time schedule here. We only have oh about a week to play a game before we hit a review, and once we hit that, uh, you know, once we hit Sunday night, that's it. You know. Yeah. Like, I'm only halfway through Season 2, so if I really want to, I could go back and try and finish it blind, which I might do that at some point. Yeah, and, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again, you know, we do, you know, I say we strive to play the games, but we don't feel like we're under obligation to complete the game. I don't think any of us has that kind of time ratio to do it. Yeah, especially with it getting summer and me have to do more yard work and stuff. 
yeah, it's like we have other things going on in our lives. No. Or, or uh, you know, it's like, so, and keep in mind, we're not, strictly speaking, paid for this. Like, we do get the games, but, you know, we, you know, we... Phoenix Online isn't actually giving us, giving us a paycheck to produce content for this game. Right. So, you know, hashtag free game. This is a thing I've been seeing lately. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have our own disclaimers. You know, all of the games we get um, for reviews are provided by the publishers or developers. You know, because mm-hmm. otherwise this would probably be too expensive to do. Oh, God. Last year alone, I think it was like a couple hundred dollars in games we got. Uh, you, you're probably not wrong there. I mean, it, like... Yeah, like I said, you know, it's that you know we we get the we get the games, but we're not paid to do the games, and that's never come up. Like, at least not yet. We, we don't ask for payment. They don't offer it. Yeah. So I just say you know we'll review the game, or we'll or, or we need this for an interview, and we do. And man, I think have the, we been doing a lot of reviews. <laughs> yeah, I think the closest we've had to like any sort of vetting of a review was the first Danganronpa, they asked us to stay away from spoilers. Yeah, I'm like... That's pretty much it. Everything else has been our own unbiased opinion. Yeah. Well, I'm like... You know, it's like... You know, the guy... The guidelines for Danganronpa 2 actually said no spoilers for Danganronpa 2. But I'm just like... And I told Spike Chun... What do you mean? Yeah, especially with like Danganronpa, okay, no spoilers, okay, so I can talk about the fact that you're going to a school. Well, it's like, it's more Danganronpa was, um... You could talk about Danganronpa 1 spoilers, but you you couldn't talk about Danganronpa 2 spoilers. But even in 2, stuff gets spoilery really fast. Mm Mm-hmm. I I, I know, this is why I I basically, this is why I told... Spike Chunsop that we were going to do it our way, and that was just the end of it, you know, because I'm like, I, you know, I liked what we did on the Danganronpa 2 review, the Danganronpa 1 review, but the Dangan, but we were really handicapped by that provision, so we, you know, we have a spoiler section, you know. You got 30 seconds to bounce when you hear the music, we're good. Yeah. I'm like, and in the case of The Last Door, we don't really need to spoil things to really talk about the inner workings yeah. of the game. Now, like, um, Danganronpa is much more story-driven than The Last Door. Anyway, I, I'm trying to think if there's a point to all this. I think we got, kind of got on a... I think we got sidetracked, yeah. yeah. We were just talking right. about how we do reviews and all that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. And like we're trying to clarify, it's like we're not being paid by anyone to do these reviews. So yeah. this Mountain Dew and Dorito pile is just for show. Share. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, well, you have to disclose the fact that you are being paid to do a review. Mm-hmm. You know. Or else hefty fines. Yeah, it's like, this is an actual FCC thing. I'm like, we do a podcast, but I'm like, I think this is shit that would affect us as well. Mm-hmm. No, but it's like, best to be safe than have to pay money. Right. It's it's best practices to when you're reviewing someone, let people know where you're coming from anyway. Yeah. It, it's like, well, we have our disclaimers like on the Steam group and all that stuff. You know, we, although I don't think we've updated that in that dog's age. I know. I need to get to that. Yeah. 
Well, yep, you can get to that. I'm kidding. You do a useful thing that is very helpful for us. Yeah. Anyway, publishers are in general, you know, willing to give us um, games. I'm like, I think the biggest, uh, the biggest guidelines I, we deal with are embargoes. Like, there's a certain embargo date, but I'm like, I sidestep that by, you know, reviewing the games after they're released. Yeah. So we don't like have pretty much the only thing we have to worry about is if we want to do a multiplayer session. I can't do it before X day. Yeah. So yeah, this turns unless it's one of those games where they don't want reviews in the first week or something, but then they generally are terrible. So. Yeah, uh, I'm like, you know, I I tell the pub- I gen- in general tell the publisher and developer when we're going to be recording a review. Like, yeah, know, I do try to make them timely, but that can't always happen. Like. Um, you know, I, I wanted to do like Godie release week that just didn't happen, so it's down a couple weeks. You know, uh, Mega Magic that was going to be this week, but I'm like, uh, that because it released this week, but I'm like, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's too broken right now for me to to review um, objectively. It's yeah. If you, well, if you can't play it, yeah, I'm like. And I'm just finding the, I just find the whole key binding thing not being there inexcusable. Like I, that's really really chopping me. Like a, a game that, you know, a, a, a game that, apparently, especially appearing on the P- PC first, not having that at launch, is not good. So I'm giving that some time to write itself. And if it doesn't do it in a month... Then it's going to burn on the stake. Yeah. It's probably... I'm going to be a bit fiery. <laughs> Alright, yeah. So, apologies for this long, long sidetracking that sort of... That has nothing to do with the current game, but yeah. Yeah, I'm like... You feel free to skip this section if you're uh, listening to the recording, which you probably are. Like, we don't get a lot of listeners to the Sunday review kind of off the grid and, you know, people are watching shit. Like, people are getting... People are probably watching Game of Thrones as we speak. <laughs> so, anyway, um, final thoughts on The Last Door Season 2. Um, it's pretty okay if you're into the, like, the Lovecraftian horror or just, you know, horror games in general. Like, they're not really my cup of tea, but I still found some interest in it. Yeah. Yeah, I like... I kind of wish uh, I kind of wish uh, Galaxia was able to play this because I think this would be more up his alley. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. I just uh, if you didn't get a copy for me and I, well, I think I it was I didn't get it for myself in time. Well, I think it was Petty Fan's turn to get a game. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I can, you know, um, you know, sometimes yeah, I, th- get... I, th- I think I, I think you got this one because I got Goetia. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It kind of blurs, you know, because, like I said, we get so many games, like, you know, hooked up for another month as far as reviews go. You know, and... Possibly more by the end of the month. Right, like, because I've opened up the policy to have um, possibly two games per week if it entails. Like, Please like, don't go more than that. <laughs> I don't plan to. Like, to. like, it depends on the week. Because something like The Last Door Season 2, having Mega Magic there, 
uh, made sense because the last Star Two was a really short game. Mm-hmm. Well, if we had three, then Ogre would have to play something. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you pretty much would have to, or well, uh, it depends. Because Adam could only do two, probably. Yeah, well, it depends. It depends on what I'm given. Like, you know, if we have an RPG that week, I'm sure as hell not doing two games. Okay. <laughs> Which kind of leads me to next week. Next week, we are reviewing another um, Phoenix Online game. Um, yeah, that that wasn't planned. That just kind of happened there. So, happy accident, I guess. Well, it's also because we're doing an interview of the game... Uh, an interview of the devs on release day. Yeah, we're doing another Tuesday interview. Now, um... Let me just look up the details here. Sorry, I got a, a whole bunch of windows going on right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. This Tuesday at 11 a.m., we are supposed to interview Samuel um, Senkandaku and Jonathan Pritz of Overflow Games. Yeah, I, I think you can guess from those last names that they're kind of foreign. And we're doing it on a Tuesday, so probably European. They're from Sweden. We seem to be getting a lot of Nordic devs this season. Ah, well, getting... uh, yes, Sweden, the land of... It gets really freaking dark and cold there. Yeah, so... Yeah, as you do. I, I, I mean, we had... Um, yeah, we've had a few Nordic devs on this uh, on this program this season. I don't think... I'm trying to think if we had... A, I don't think... I'm trying to think if we had anyone from... Norway or Sweden? I know we had Finland and we're having Sweden. Anyway, like I said... There's also Denmark. Yes, yes. I think we have had Denmark. I'm like, I think the only one is Iceland. Like I said, we deal with so many devs that it really does start to blur together, so apologies. But anyway... Ah, yes, the dread programmers of Reykjavik. I don't think we... I don't think I've found a dev yet from Iceland, which is odd. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we're interviewing them about uh, their upcoming. I think they bill it as an action RPG, but I had to. I've put about two hours in the game. It's more like Zelda, with Minecraft elements added into it. In fairness, that's not... I mean, Zelda is an adventure game. I mean, it, it was called... It's pretty RPG-ish in a more action-y way, so I can understand while it's not the same as a lot of action RPGs, I can understand the terminology being used for it. Is what this I is mean. actually a debate that has raged for decades, and I don't feel like getting into it mm-hmm. right now. But I've put about two hours into Cornerstone, the Song of Tyrim. That is the game. Um... It's kind of, uh, like it kind of reminds me of Wind Waker in a lot of ways. Although I'll say right now, it you know it's not the quality of Zelda. Like of course, what is? But you know more on that next week. You know, well I guess I'll give a bit of a teaser. I it plays well enough, but it's kind of janky in that you know in the fact that I you know I had things bug out on me like I. 
I, I still don't know what happened. Like, I ended up falling, and then I ended up on a on a completely different route. I still don't know what happened. There. I don't know. It's like I'm also having a bit of a problem with some of the mechanics. But, uh, like I said, I've only put in a couple hours. More on that on Tuesday. More on that next week. You know, and be sure to listen to our other uh, non-Cornerstone-related stuff. Uh, you know, until such time, I wish you good gaming. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.